Okay, ATP Podcast episode 21. My guest today, Trisha, Trisha, mostly. Trisha. Trisha, either or. Mm -hmm. And if you feel comfortable giving us your full name, go ahead. Yeah, my name's uh, Trisha Durham. And what is your, your practice? What do you call it, Trisha, specifically? Uh, movement. Movement, I like yeah. that. But you're, you're a, a yoga-based movement practitioner? Yeah, I think most folks would know me as a, as a yoga teacher, okay. right? Like a yoga practitioner. Um, First and foremost, probably yoga, even though I've kind of expanded and kind of bring in multiple disciplines. Yeah. I think it's probably rooted on the on the yoga mat. Okay. So is that how did you your background? Is that kind of everything? I mean, I've always what? been a mover. So okay. my background is I'm a, a classically trained dancer. I was, oh, nice. I was, a, I was a ballet dancer many years ago. Right on. And so, and then after that, oddly enough, I was also a scuba instructor. I taught okay. scuba diving. So even like scuba diving right like is a oh. is a movement yeah it's like I'm, so so movement again has always been in my life and so yoga was not a it was an easy transition to yoga when i mean okay. i discovered yoga and found yoga so so why yoga or where did that come from then where stress relief right okay. like i think a lot of us reached to those things and um i guess it was early 2000s and i i kind of dropped into my first yoga class and it was primarily for stress release it was like in the winter time when it was freezing cold and um i just i went to it for for those reasons and it was movement so having that already like those two things together was like a really nice a really nice okay so how long were you a dancer first my whole life right like okay. i mean i think i think uh you know kids that you know kind of start out with dance um, I was one of those, right? I started very young, mm -hmm. and then I was just one of those that really liked it. Went into more of a professional realm. Gotcha. And then the transition just kind of came, like you said, you were looking for stress relief and some other things. Well, let's, let's skip over. I got you into that. Let's go with that too. That was yeah. It was like after ballet, right? You know, like you need that break from something that you do your whole life. And okay. So I just got into other things, and I got into scuba diving, and I loved it, and then. I kind of just took it to the next step and uh, got certified to be able to teach yeah. and got to go on a lot of cool trips and certify people and, and travel. So, um, Did you do that around here, Cincinnati area? I did, yeah. I mean, there's, there's I mean, even though we're landlocked, we, you know, there's, there's scuba shops, right? There's, there's scuba diving, you know, shops. And so I got um, certified with Tri-State Scuba and um, they, we would just travel, right? Like we would just would go out of town or, you know, to places where we could no one dies in the ohio not so okay, much i didn't think so <laughs> <laughs> um so then after the scuba the yoga so where did uh what kind of started leading you or why did you start going down this path of being a movement practitioner mm -hmm. um i think well it ultimately made sense just because i've always been a mover so i had that background of, of, of ballet and modern um, but I think I got to a point with yoga where um, it's like anything else, where if you're only doing this one thing, if you're only doing this one practice, yes. Um, and for a while we can think this is all I need, this is everything, mm -hmm. and then you, at least I and I, some others, I've discovered it's like at a certain point you realize nope, this isn't enough, or this, you know, I'm just doing this one thing. Yeah. Um, it's like you just you can't eat just one food, right? You right. Eat other foods. Same way with movement, and so um, you know the, the yoga. The, the emphasis was so much on like this stretching and this real kind of static, static stretching, passive holding, and these lines and this very regimented kind of alignment. And I was like, yeah, something. Yeah, I, 
I need something else. I was I was in a lot of pain. I was okay. so much that it got to the point where I was having physical pain. And when you think of yoga, it's supposed to be the opposite. It's right. like this it's supposed to be modality. So what's going on? Yeah. And so I, you know, you know, kind of just started to, you know, read and learn and just kind of explore. And I guess really movement science, right? Like we've learned a lot about the body and moving the body and, mm -hmm. and you know, since some of these things have come about since these yoga poses were invented and um, it's like, okay, no, we need to load the body. We, we need some variety, mm -hmm. you know, some variability um, and to balance these things out. So it's not always passive. We think, we t I think we tend to think that stretching kind of solves everything. Yeah. You know, we got a pain or something stretch. tight, stretch it. Like, stretch. Yeah. well, okay, well. It's again. just one of the many tools in the toolbox yeah. so that's what led me out to kind of look at some other modalities and then also too as a teacher making it a profession i was just starting to burn doing the same stretches telling people the same, the same mm -hmm. alignment and then seeing that it wasn't really uh you know getting us very far and so wanting to make movement work for myself and for others and to make movement like accessible yeah. It became such this narrow circle of people that could do the, you know, these these yoga poses, and it, all those things just added up to me, to, to my gut, to say like, okay, let me broaden this out and see how can I bring in some other tools, some other movement tools, yeah, still make it mindful, in kind of a, a like a, an awareness based kind of inquiry. Um, but includes some other things. Do you find it very common in, in the yoga field or, or even from maybe dance, even this could relate, uh, do you find that people tend to fall into these, into these camps of like, this is the way that we're doing it, and then like, that's like you said, like, that's great and all, I feel like we're missing some other things. Totally, totally. Well, we get into something, I think we start something new, and that's maybe where the um, the benefits first show up pretty quick, and yeah. then so we're sold. We think, okay, yeah, this is it. Right. And maybe for a while it is. Yeah. Um, even just the novelty, introducing something new to the body and to the brain um, will generally work in mm -hmm. the beginning. Um, but again, just long-term, and then of course, I mean, we're all busy and multitasking everything, so if we could just have one thing, and have it work that would be That's super awesome yeah. but it's just not like um you kind of already answered but like i was gonna ask why you think that is why do we yeah why we right? fall into because that would be nice so yeah we fall into those camps and in terms of talking about camps right like if we're already maybe kind of like a stretchy person or a limber person flexible person those folks tend to already to yoga anyway, right? Because we like we like to do things we're good at. Yes. And then of course the folks that are good at you know lifting weights, muscle, they're gonna go. Thing. I'm interested in the crossover. Yes. And I'm maybe right not there. more people could maybe cross over because not too many do. Some do, and then that's that's where. Yeah, that's I think it's coming around because I talk to more and more people like you where the, it, it's a similar story, right? I did this one thing forever, whether it's I've talked to a lot, like I did powerlifting my whole life. And then I realized, well, I'm getting these issues and it's like, what else? And then they do yoga because that's maybe what they need more because they've been compressing everything their whole life. Now they need to lengthen and then some the other way, right? I'm always lengthening. Mm -hmm. Now I need to strengthen in this direction or that direction. And I, th I think it's coming around a little more, but it's it's always fascinating to me to watch like, how far in one direction people will get sometimes. 
I'm just always curious to get everyone's take on why why we think that is. What about humans is it that we fall into those patterns? Mm-hmm. I, again, I just think we find something, whatever it is we gravitate to, and then, okay, it works, so let's keep doing it. But if that's the only type of movement, I don't know. I mean, of course, you know, there's always going to be somebody out there that it, it does, it works long term, and that's it. But just right. my experience personally, and then just with more and more folks I talk to, the people I end up helping that come to me, um, it, it's, it's their kind of situation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like... It's like sitting, right? We say sitting is this bad thing. Well, I don't know that sitting is necessarily bad. It's just, okay, we're sitting a how whole often? lot. Yeah. How often are you sitting? Or how often? And how are you sitting, too? Yeah, right? <laughs> so you're holding a pose. Sitting is a pose, right? And so, I, you know, if we're just holding up yoga pose, the same amount, of, you know, then that could be bad, too, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's, 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 it's weird. I, saw, I just saw a post the other day about posture. And they were talking about, like, we think of posture as this, like, static thing as, like, what it's supposed to look like all the time in this one way. And it's like, their take on it was like, no, I mean, you're always in control of it. So there's really, having a bad posture necessarily isn't always a cause of, like, having something imbalanced or something wrong. It's just, how are you physically holding yourself in that moment? Because you can, if you think about almost anyone, if you tell them to correct, like if they're slumped over and you just tell them the, the standard, which, again, I don't necessarily always agree with, but the, just for sake of example, standards like shoulders back, chest down, things like that, they can do it immediately. As soon as you say do it, they just choose not to hold themselves that mm-hmm. way. And it's interesting. That was one to me that uh, being a movement guy, it's like, okay, well, yeah, what is all that posture? What are, what are things supposed to, supposed to look like even? And it's kind of a never-ending uh, figuring out process right now. It is. I don't think that there really is like this one, like this bad posture or good posture. Like if if we're movers and we move our body a lot and we kind of sit down on the ground and we're kind of slumped or rounded, that's not like a bad, like that's that alone isn't going to like necessarily injure you, right? right? Like, okay, but if, yeah, if we're spending hours on hours like that, well, that that maybe could, could be a, an issue. Yeah, but absolutely. In and of itself, it's not like, no. It's not bad. No, it's about just staying moving, always always changing it and, and going through different poses and things. But going back to uh, going back directly to your practice, uh, so you started wanting to get away from that. What was kind of the first steps into developing? So were you just a yoga teacher for a while then? Did you do pretty, you said you did a lot of traditional and kind of were yeah. getting stale with that? Yeah, I, you know, I practiced yoga for quite a while, Ashtanga yoga, which you know, is kind of traditional-based practice set series set sequence Mm -hmm. and then so I you know moved on into teaching and took a teacher training and uh, you know taught you know a very kind of again set sequence um, with the same kind of set cues that went with it and it was a kind of based around this idea again of just like a a right wrong alignment or a right Mm -hmm. wrong way to move Mm. And it didn't take long for, again, just these kind of inquiries, these questions to start to pop up for me and, like, questioning, like, is, is, is this right, wrong? Is this good, bad? Like, like, you know. And then, again, just with my own experience of physical pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing this alignment. I'm aligned like they tell me to be. I'm practicing the, you know, like. And so things just weren't adding up. Yeah. Um. And it's like, it doesn't matter how good your alignment is if 
if you're not bearing a whole lot of weight on your wrist or your shoulders, and then you come to a yoga mat and you start doing that a bunch, um, your body's gonna maybe kind of get ticked off, mm -hmm. you know, if it's not exposed to these loads. Yes. On a regular basis, other than, than yoga. Yeah. So what types of things did you start first looking at or first introducing into your practice that were unconventional to your approach? Well, first thing was to kind of consider different ways of aligning the body, okay? Like in yoga, right, we think of certain alignment, where to have your shoulders or your arms, your elbows. Mm -hmm. And so exploring different ways to place the body that felt a little bit more intuitive and that just, uh, again, wasn't so strict on right or wrong. And then so when I could move my hands around and like say like a, a downward dog, you know, I could see, oh, well this, you know, having the hands a little further out felt better yeah. versus this kind of, you know, index fingers straight forward kind of thing. So so that was like the very, you know, first little baby step of exploring, you know, kind of breaking out of the breaking the rules the a box, little bit. The breaking the rules. And yeah. so getting to do that and then it was just from there it's just like opened up a whole nother world, right? Like, well, and then just figuring out ways to almost like hack the poses, like, cause you know, I'm obviously a pretty able body mover person. Yeah. And if things are kind of not feeling good in my body, what's somebody who is, you know, deconditioned, doesn't, deconditioned doesn't have all this background or this movement in their, in their life. And so again, just finding ways to work around and make it work for the individual. Mm. So from there, and then just learning about uh, loading the body loads, right? In terms of like our body weight is a heavy weight. Yes. Right? And oh, again, yeah. if we're not bearing our weight in the hands very often, that's a huge leap. And so loads and then, you know, loading my own body with external weight. Um, and so then. So as you were doing this, you feel like it kind of opened the door to more questions, right? Totally. <laughs> as you right? start questioning, you start not necessarily finding answers, but finding anti-answers, getting away from what maybe you thought was the truth and realizing it's not much of the truth. You just start getting all these more questions. And more questions. Yeah. As one teacher put it, I think it's the best way I've heard, is unlearning. Unlearn. Yep, that's a great way, yes. Un unlearning some things. Um, and again, it wasn't even about trading one belief system for another or yeah. one technique for another, but just broader concepts. Having keeping option A that you've learned, but being like, well, here's an option B if option A doesn't feel good to you. Yeah. So that I didn't fall back into that own dichotomy of right, wrong. Yes. Like, okay, I did this, now I'm going to trash it and yeah. trade it for this. It, it, it wasn't about that. It was actually just stop doing that altogether. Yeah. And again, just multi disciplines, multidisciplinary combining things. So after playing around with different movements, just body weight positionings in, in the traditional yoga practice, what was kind of the next thing that you started to look at? Like what kind of, or what are, what are all the different, I don't know if you want to start listing, different modalities or practices that you've pulled from? Yeah, I think, you know, what involved in all of that was obviously getting some, um, some education in there. So some other trainings, you know, folks um, that are in the yoga world. Um, that are kind of um, exploring these things. They are out there. They're maybe not quite as mainstream. Of course, they are now, I guess. But um, and so, getting some of that education and, and kind of understanding a little bit about biomechanics mm. um, and 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 these sorts of things. So it was a little bit of both, right? Like reading, learning, and then 
real life experiment practicing, practicing right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, what was the other part of that? Then, what was it? You just said? like uh, just just for people listening, like what are other maybe common mm. modalities that you've pulled right. from? Okay. Yeah. So I think I tend to pull from again just like a body weight movement okay. of mobility. Mobility, Mobility, right? Moving joints through the ranges of motion. Um, And I think a little bit of that, the creativity in that, I think, comes easily for me, having been a dancer. Yeah. So I can can pull from some other modalities um, and, and, and kind of kind of create with, with that. So, hmm, I don't know if they're specific. Okay. You know, but even actually some things I see like in the gym or from a, a more of a strength building kind of practice, right? I, those things can be adapted. Even with like yoga props, you know, we use like blocks, yoga mm-hmm. blocks or straps. Um, uh, so those things, you know, where it's not necessarily weight and not necessarily loading, but working through the movement. One that's a fun example is um, kind of like a Turkish get up. So yeah. instead of, obviously, if you're in a yoga room, oh, uh, you may not have access to a, an actual kettlebell or a weight, but you can you can work that with a yoga block or even yeah. at home, like with a book. Yeah. And just working through that movement of a Turkish get-up is a pretty powerful thing, especially for someone who's maybe not otherwise going to find themselves in a gym or looking at strength kettlebell type, type stuff. Yeah. Well, load is load or resistance is resistance. It doesn't matter. I'm a... I'm a big, I use a lot of like bands and stuff. And I tell everyone, I've got a band back there that if I put all of the bands together on one and I hook them both together, I can put almost 500 pounds of tension on it. But you look at it and you're like, what is that going to do for me? And I'm like, I I could make you try and pull 500 pounds with just this band. Like it doesn't look as big and intimidating as this weight, but the resistance is the same. And that's why like, or like using the body, like just because... I weigh a certain weight doesn't mean that load is always going to stay the same on whatever joint, just depending on the position I'm in. Um, it can even be more than my weight, depending on where I'm at. The actual load or stress on that body part on the, through the movement could be more or less than that, and it just depends. And it's not always about just the, the raw number that you see externally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a fun one, just as an example of that one with the yoga block for the Turkish get-up. So, yeah, I like to pull in from strength stuff, from kettlebell stuff, mm-hmm. band-type work. And, and I just kind of, you know, I, I, I integrated into, again, just a kind of a mindful movement yoga-type experience. Yeah. Um, so you use a lot from your, from your dance, too? A lot of that overlap. I think overlap so. I think at least techniques or strategies from it, maybe not particular movements, because that's probably a little yeah. higher level than. Probably more like strategy, right? Like in terms of the way I can sequence or the way I can link things. Yeah. Probably comes from the dance background. Um, I actually kind of. Uh, I think people tend to expect me to kind of like include a little bit more dance stuff or like more flowy stuff from the dance. But mm-hmm. actually, maybe because I did it for so long, I actually like to keep those things. Separate. Okay. Like, I don't actually try to get too dancey or too flowy. Yeah. Um, so, if anything, it's more of just a maybe a methodology. Okay. Not, not so much of, like, trying to make it feel like dance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. what would you, like, what's, like, a typical, and I probably nothing is typical in what you do because that's how mm-hmm. I am, too. Mm-hmm. But as close as you could make it typical, um, like, going through a session with you, like, what type of things would one expect to do? Yeah, um, I think, you know, first folks that tend to come to me and work on like a one-on-one basis, 
are usually trying to solve something, right? Either okay. it could be stress, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, it could be some sort of kind of physical discomfort or pain. Yeah. Um, and so I find myself working with those folks um, too, like folks who were maybe previously really active or people that like I used to identify as an athlete. Mm -hmm. that, that identity sometimes really never goes away, mm -hmm. even if it's been years since they've like Done been in that sport or whatever yeah. it was, like tennis, golf, or whatever. And so they still identify as a mover or an athlete, but their body tissues are like, nope, no, not we're anymore. not. <laughs> not right <laughs> so, now. So um, I, I tend to work with those folks. And so what it ends up looking like is, again, whatever their individual, I say goal for lack of a better word, is not yeah. really a goal, right? But like whatever it is they're after. The direction and they want to I, take. I tend to like, I look at it like a recipe. Okay. You know, I bring in these movements that I think will truly help that person get to do whatever it is they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. For some folks, that's a, a, a nice, strong yoga practice. I, I, you know, I have clients that you know truly love a nice, strong vinyasa yoga practice, okay. and I work with them on that. And again, for other folks, it's just being able to do um, movement in their day that's free of, of physical discomfort or pain, right? Like yeah. Low back pain is such a common thing yes. that, like, you know, so low it, back and shoulders are about the two yeah. most common that I see. Just being able to move well, like, I think that's a through line. Mm -hmm. Whether that is like for somebody who really identifies as an athlete or a mover and they want to be strong, again, getting them to move well, or just the person who is, you know, at a desk all day, maybe working from home because of 2020, <laughs> and they just want to move well. So it's finding those moves. And, and getting them to where they want to be. So okay. it's pulling in. It, it's not always yoga. I think that's the thing too, right? We try to like put this, you know, whatever modality on a person right. as, as, the, as the answer to their thing. But sometimes it's not yoga at all that they, that they need. need. In terms, when I say yoga, let me clarify, like a, like a physical, stretchy practice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I actually recently found out that yoga traditionally wasn't even a movement thing. Like, I found out I interviewed an Ayurvedic practitioner, and she told me about the kind of history of of actual yoga, which is the mindfulness itself without necessarily the movement of it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yoga is uh, <laughs> it's a, an eight limb practice. Uh, the physical movement aspect of it is just one tiny little part of it, okay. for sure. And I'm pretty clear on that. And it's why I tend to use the word movement a little bit more these mm -hmm. days than yoga, um, or I'll say mindful, yeah. mindful movement. Uh, but a lot of folks out there and just the general public and population, um, they use the word yoga, um, you know, as- As the yeah, art like of they stretching almost. <laughs> right, yeah, like as a, because it's such a, it's been in, you know, just our modern culture, it's, or the West anyway, yeah, like it's this the thing culture. is like yoga is this thing that's gonna help me feel better in mind and body. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, language matters, our words matter. Mm -hmm. um, and so I do use the word yoga um, because that's what people identify with what they're wanting okay. in terms of what they think it is. That's a whole nother conversation, right? In terms of <laughs> how we use yoga, but yeah. So you would get someone in, maybe like assess their movement in some way first, depending on what they're saying, right? Figure out, okay, well, how, how do you move right now? Um, do you have any like basic, is, do you have a basic patterns that you look for or is it pretty catered individually or maybe both? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a session, 
first, you know, when I meet with somebody, it's a conversation. So I get to hear about their movement. I get to hear what they think about their movement. Mm-hmm. We have that conversation. And then it also includes moving, right? Go, putting them through a little bit of a movement session yeah. and seeing how they move. Yes. Um, and from right there, I can tell a lot, right? Right. Um, get a lot in, of information. Ter- especially, you know, from the hips and the low back and then in the shoulders. Um, and then from there, I can really kind of then, you know, um, cater and create a, a practice that is going to meet them where they're at. Okay. Um, I think, too, you know, we see, like, in social media, you know, like, if you have, you know, tight shoulders, do this move. Do and then they fix. show this move that, like, is for somebody that clearly doesn't have tight shoulders, you know? Right. I, yeah, that's a nice idea, like, but, like, we want to, you know, be real, realistic in terms of, like, if you have tight shoulders, you're probably not going to be able to get into that position. Yeah. It's being demonstrated. Um, and so I try to, to, so that not to deter people, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if they can't already do a thing and then asking them to do this thing, we got to start where they're at, right? You know, it's like you don't go out and run a marathon. You don't start mm-hmm. with 20 miles. You don't go into a gym and pick up 50 pounds. Right. Um, it's the same with, it's same with yoga, and I think that's maybe missed because it's yoga, and we think it's, it this, thinks it's, it's like this, this easy thing. Yeah. It's this thing. And it's like, no, if you're not down, downward-facing dog, if you're not having your arms overhead very often and bearing your weight in your hands, that's a big ask. Yeah. That's a big deal. So when, when someone comes to you with, like, an issue, um, how much of time do you spend, like, at the localized where they're kept telling you? Like, someone comes in and I've got this shoulder issue. How much time do you spend localized movement with the shoulder, and how much are you just incorporating that into the whole body of the movement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's a good distinction because I do try to involve kind of a whole body movement. I think it's a better use of time yes. for everybody. Yes, I'm similar to what right? I'm asking. Versus, <laughs> versus just like isolating and only, you know, moving this yeah. one thing, right? Like, cause, and it's more interesting if we can involve more of the body and in real life, in real world. Mm-hmm we move our whole body, even if we're just reaching for something up in a closet, right? Our right. whole body is involved Everything's involved, there. yep. So to, not that there's not benefit to isolating a move and get, like getting a little bit closer look at how something's moving, but right. um, definitely. So the moves that I tend to gravitate towards are things that um, involve a lot of the body holistically, right? Um, sure, we might focus in on a shoulder if there's a thing there, being able to reach your arm behind your back or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for yeah. the most part, how mm-hmm. much is it all connected together? Right. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I I really get confused. Like mobility is the big term in the fitness industry sure. of that type of stuff. But I look at most people's pages and be like, yeah, here's shoulder mobility, and they'll be doing one little isolation yeah. exercise in one plane of motion. And I go, how is that mobility? Then that's that's one little aspect of it. I'm, you know, I always use the example of. You know, I had a knee injury one time, and no, nothing against physical therapists. They know a lot of stuff that I don't. Mm-hmm. But they did all this stuff on the table where they were just moving my leg around, like, oh, you should be good. I'm like, I mean, that's great, but it still hurts when I step down and put weight on it and I go to walk. So how is, you know, that doesn't seem as connected to me as what I need to really do with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like we miss the gap a lot on that. So I'm like you where 
not that isolation doesn't have its place because I definitely do that and there's there's times where you need to take a closer look but mm -hmm. for the most part I'm like well I just want to see how that how your shoulder glides with everything while you're taking this step while you're throwing something while you're doing this you know yeah. Yeah. I think a big example there is like with the feet, you know, we, we forget about the feet. They're so crucial. And yes. it's, it's like they're so important. And like how our ankles move is going to play into how your knee and your hip move. Mm -hmm. And without that, if, if your ankles are just asleep or they're not move, like it, it's going to affect how you're moving up the rest of the whole body. Yes, it's right? our main point of contact with right. everything else all it day. It tells us we get so much feet like information, you know, from your big toe up to your, your brain. And so um, totally, I, I've worked with folks who, again, too, and if you don't trust your ankle or you've had a sprain or five, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know, there's, there's going to be an adjustment to how you're moving. And if you're bypassing some, uh, anyway, yeah. You're, no, you're right. Like, like, ahead. Yeah, I like, like the like, stuff. You know, if, you're, if you bypass a move, I mean, I, I, right? We, that's where we get those kind of clunky patterns and then things, you know, it just, it, a little bit down the road, then something's, you know, really bugging us or aching because we've over relied on one little thing, yeah. one little part of the body. So getting, and also then, right, that trust, trusting your body. And so knowing that your ankle, knee, and hip are in good communication with one another and they're all doing their, their part so that you can pivot you know or you know you do kind of misstep on a on a curb or something it doesn't mean you're completely taken out mm -hmm. um yeah so so i'm actually i'm i'm real big on on the foot stuff uh these are my i call them my social responsibility covers because i mostly try not to wear shoes um so i got the little slip on janky ones that i cut out um mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's big to me. The, the most basic example I use is like, you ever see like the older people with the little shuffle walk and they're not actually towing off of their foot? And typically, well, what do they have? They have some kind of knee pain or hip pain or back pain. And I'm like, it's probably the result of that, you're, the way you're walking, right? You're, like you said, I'm not using my ankle in the right pattern. It, it, well, the zone of the pattern that it needs to. Yeah. Um, and something else is compensating and taking stress that it is not necessarily meant to yep. through that movement. And then 15 years later, you don't even, like that's just how you that's walk. That's just how it is. And you don't it's even just know. That. Yep, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what types of, just before we'll move on, we'll get away mm -hmm. from feet again, mm -hmm. but uh, mm -hmm. what, what types of things do you focus on with that out of my curiosity? Um, you know, that was an easy one to integrate into yoga, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, some things can be pretty far out there, but again, I, I love to find the things that easily kind of just dovetail into a yoga practice. and so. Yoga is already a barefoot practice, and so yeah. that was an easy thing. You know, we stand in what's called mountain pose, like kind of as the name suggests, right? It's like standing tall, you're on both feet, you're even. So that's an easy opportunity right there to look at your feet and lift and spread the toes mm -hmm. and then place them down, right? Like if you spend your entire day in shoes, and even maybe like high heels, even worse, right? Yeah. Where your toes are all just like pushed together. Spreading the toes and noticing, oh, can I put space between my toes? Mm -hmm. Maybe some of them, but these over here, no. Um, and then also then working, and this just comes from, from dance, actually, like modern dance, right? But like being able to move your toes individually of one another, mm -hmm. kind of like you, we can with our fingers pretty easily, right? Right. We can do that with our feet, too, but... Well, yeah, we them, have the potential we to. We have the potential to, right? Yeah. Um, some folks you know, as as much as they want and try and focus, cannot lift their big toe independently of the other, other toes, right? So there, there's there's that. So that's an easy one in yoga and being able to look at the feet and to, and it's a mindful activity. I've, I found a lot of folks that actually just like 
kind of just noticing their toes and spreading them and seeing what kind of movement they can make with the toes. So that, yeah. that was an easy one. And that gets them thinking about their feet, if mm -hmm. nothing else. It gets them thinking. And then we can just bring awareness or attention to that region. There's you so can much. build that connection just, from the ground up. Right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very important one. Going back to again, it's it's our main point of contact with the world every day. So I I, I pay a lot of attention to those. Mm -hmm. But um, you mentioned before that you do one on ones, but you also do group classes. So mm -hmm. what what does your your group setting kind of look like? What yeah, I think it's what a lot of yoga teachers. It's what they know, and a lot of folks probably know as yoga. Right, is a Taking a yoga class at a studio or a gym. Mm -hmm. If you go to a big box gym, you know you're going to have group classes, and yoga is usually one of those offerings. Um, there's obviously dedicated yoga studios, and I've taught in those, you know, across Cincinnati, and um, still still do to some degree. Not near as much because again, I do the kind of individual, mm -hmm. um, personalized, private. Um, do you prefer sessions. the one-on-one? -on -one I do. I do more and more because yeah. it's where I can really. Uh, I, it's where I see the greatest, uh, you know, potential and um, kind of improvement in yes. people. It's because you have that one-on-one -on -one versus a, um, a class, which is still a great thing, and it's right. it's great because it's good. You get to connect with with a lot of folks, but um, you can only do so much in a group class, mm -hmm. right? You you know, um, and so a group class, it doesn't matter what the class is called. It's always going to be a mixed level. Yep. Because it doesn't it doesn't matter how good the description. It's always going to be mixed level you're still going to have someone who's way, way advanced and then someone who's like brand new. So And just different um, body types, even if they're the same level, types. just different body types. And then, you know, <laughs> what types of movement are you doing in your, yeah, it can be, you never know um, there. But um, I like both and I still do both because I like the experience of a group setting and a, you know, the connection of folks, especially in a mindful practice where they've all decided to come to this class and, and move and breathe and yeah. So that's still a good thing. Now you said breathe right there. So do you do any breath work with people mm -hmm. as part yeah. of your practice? And that's changed too uh, for me. Um, yes, and breathing is like this big thing with yoga, right? Um, so I do breath work, but oddly enough, I'm not as super, again, strict or rigid on breath. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the good thing is that we're breathing. <laughs> Beyond yeah. that, Number it's going yeah. to be as individual as the physical movement is, the breath, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so the big thing is breathing through the nose. Like, our nose is meant for breathing. Yes. And so that's a whole thing, like, just emphasizing that. Also, the exhale. Like, when we think of breath, or, you know, we think of the inhale, right? Take a big breath, you know. We don't even have to say inhale, we just assume it's the inhale, but really it's, it's the exhale that really kind of helps downbeat, downregulate the, mm -hmm. the nervous system. Yeah. So I'm, I'm tweaking my my breathing instruction. It's, it's shifting yeah. as well. Yeah, I've gotten into a lot more of that lately. I read a book that was all about that, and it, he talked about the exhale, and he used it from a little more like the the numbers and science background, but of like reading the CO2 from your body, and he was explaining that it's... It's actually a lot harder to be under oxygenated than we think it is, but the main thing is our body needs to rid that CO2. And he was saying, you know, if you always focus on the exhale, and I've self-experimented when I run now, and I've noticed that if I can really get good full exhales, 
my heart rate doesn't pick up as fast and my, and my breathing doesn't get to that that mm-hmm, gasping type mm-hmm. of stuff and uh, so I, I'm kind of buying into that right now and doing a little more to self-experiment before I coach other people on it mm-hmm. but that's kind of an interesting avenue I've been exploring it's funny that you mentioned yeah. that yeah. yeah yoga has um, you know a variety of of breath techniques in yoga it's called pranayama mm-hmm. right so we you know there's a variety of them and they're used for a variety of different things again i've just taken a little bit more of a a middle road and a step back from the actual like pranayama and yoga breathing to mm-hmm. look at human breathing and yeah. how that is done in the variety of ways and yeah so i do want to talk about um that post I mentioned to you before you came in where you had the uh, one of those um, rubber balls against yeah, the wall. Yeah, it's like a Pilates ball is what I use, okay. right? Just a little like, yeah. Or and will you just describe what you were kind of doing first and then mm-hmm. we'll get into kind of the purpose. So uh, I love using props of all sorts. That includes the floor and walls, especially mm-hmm. uh, this year using the walls because we have walls, right? <laughs> like we can use walls in our home. And um, so anyway, I. I saw this actually from a, again, like a strength-based, you know, lifting guy at a gym, but using a ball, it could be any kind of ball, but I just used a little Pilates bar ball and um, put it up against the wall. The, the object was to not use your hands. Okay. It's fun to do things where there's a constraint involved, and that's yeah. considered a constraint, right, to not use the hands. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, you know, kind of be creative, and the object was to figure out how to get the ball off the floor and r- raise it up the wall till you get it to about your head. And then so kind a standing of, position. To a standing, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting to a standing and okay. bring the ball up with me without using the hands. And then kind of make your way back down. And so there's like endless possibility. I love it because it's a little bit um, of exploratory. You know, we have mm-hmm. to kind of think in a mindful way and play, play, high play. Yes. It's so good. Our brains love it to be able to play. As adults, we get away oh, from yeah. playing. So yeah, that was the little, it was like a little game, right? To just try to figure out how to get the ball from the floor to up the wall and move around and not drop it. So what are the things like that do you, have you done lately mm-hmm. or what do you to incorporate? Cause I mm-hmm. like that, that term yeah. play. I tell everyone like, cause they go, well, what do you do to work out? I tell I don't work out, I play. I just That's play it. around all day. That's it. Yeah. Because if you enjoy <laughs> it and you find it interesting, you're more likely to come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. If it's, if the movement is meaningful, you'll keep doing it, yeah. right? Um, uh, yeah, one, one that's real popular kind of in yoga, mindfulness. Uh, it's actually a, a Feldenkrais, if you've ever heard of Feldenkrais mm-hmm. uh, movement practice. Um, is uh, They're called teacup drills. And so if you, I, I mean, in yoga, we just use a yoga block. You could use anything, right? Um, but you place a block in your hand. You know, your palm is out flat. You're not gripping it. You're not using your fingers. You just okay. place something. And then you would move your arm around in all the ways you possibly could without dropping the block yeah. or the object. And so you get all of this good shoulder mobility. You're moving your arm, but you're not thinking, oh, okay, I got to get 10 reps of this, right? You're, right. you're just doing it. You're just going. You're, you're focused on keeping the block balanced in the hand. Um, and also wrist, right? You know, arm and you know, all this stuff. So it gets to move around. Um, I do that a lot in group classes because that's easy enough to do. But you can also do that um, on the foot, on a foot. So if you were laying mm. down on the ground, okay, it's really hard to do with a block because the blocks are pretty light. So I would use like a, a rolled up blanket. Okay? okay. Also the fall factor, you don't want something falling on your face. Um, <laughs> but if you're laying down and you have a leg in the air and you place a blanket, folded up blanket on your foot, 
Yes. And then you move around all the ways you possibly can while you keep that object balanced on your foot. Oh, that's interesting. It's incredibly uh, challenging. Yeah. Um, it's whole body, like it's whole body. I mean, your hips, legs, obviously spine, you're using your arms to leverage. Help you balance, counterbalance, right? things like that. And then yeah. like, when you think about these kind of developmental movements that we learn as a baby, right? Like, so crawling and mm -hmm. rolling, you're doing that in a fun way. So you're not actually telling someone, okay, now you're gonna practice being a baby, right? right. You know, like that wouldn't go over too well, but like a movement like that is interesting and it's fun. And you're, you're working on those kind of, um, those moves that are with us from a very, very young age yeah and we need them oh absolutely I yeah. mean they're building blocks right right yeah it's, it's funny so I do a lot of I do a lot of bear crawls specifically but basic crawls with people and it's it's funny to watch how many people have lost that and it's like that's the first thing we learn how to do that before we run or before we walk and before we run yeah but like now like since you don't use it as much you don't do it people they lose right. that a little bit and they they find that hard time. The, the main thing is like, you know, I'll tell them like, well, we're going to go opposite hand and leg, just like how we walk, right? That contra contralateral is the fancy term for it. Mm -hmm. And the, it's like watching the struggle, like for whatever reason in that pattern, even though all day they walk like that, mm -hmm. put them in a different position and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, well, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. I'll do that too. And I keep it on the yoga mat, right? Because then at least you're in like a little confined space and it doesn't seem as, as bad, right? So we'll just kind of right. crawl forward, right? Like you said, like opposite hand, foot. Um, a little forward back, just like yeah. forward back um, with the crawl. So not too much of it, but again, it gets you in your arms and your shoulders. Yeah, and then rolling is another one I like. That one it's harder to do where I'm at here, and most people don't like the idea of trying to go through a roll. But I do that myself. I'll go out in the mm -hmm. in the yard. My neighbors probably think I'm crazy because I'm just rolling around in the grass mm -hmm. for extended mm -hmm. periods of time. And that stuff counts, right? Like it's not, you know, maybe you don't know, look at it and think, oh, that guy's exercising. Right. It's like, it actually, it's that's one of if I if you roll straight and just keep linking them together, that's one of the most exhausting things right. I can do. Honestly. It's a good thing to consider and ponder is the difference between exercise and movement. And right, and where they overlap, where they overlap and what and where is they maybe don't. Maybe the difference. And, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. For a while over the summer, I got into like tree climbing as one as one of my exercise days because I. As a kid, I never really did it. I was a heavier kid. I couldn't really do it. And like now I'm more capable. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like that. But that would it would be like a workout. Like I was exhausted from doing, mm -hmm. climbing multiple trees and trying to figure out. And I like that. It's the same thing as with the ball. Like you're problem solving. I might take a step and go, well, that's not the route. I got to go over here. Now, okay, now I got to figure this out as I go. And mm -hmm. physically and mentally, it's exhausting. And it's a, it's a good way to kind of challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. But all of those things, yeah, I, I'm, I'm big on all that. Um, I like I like to see the stuff that you do, and I like you talking about that. I remember I think I'd done something similar to that as a warm up where I had someone. They said just keep your palm up. I didn't think to have anything in my hand, so yeah. I'm gonna try that. That next. gives you the feedback, right? Because right. you'd be surprised how I mean when I do this with people who the first few times, you know, like you drop the block because you you, know, you got to really be hyper aware, you know, like, you know, the position of your wrist. So then you're working that flexion mm -hmm. or extension of the wrist and just that your wrist joint, right? Like, yeah. So. so even though you're using your whole body in a sense, you're kind of isolating that area of it at the, at the same mm -hmm. time, even though, but you're mm -hmm. isolating it while it's still connected to everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. You uh, touched on, before we got recording, that you kind of have gotten a little bit into some traditional strength training. Yeah. Yep, uh, I guess it's been almost two years ago now. Um, 
again, once I was like learning and discovering about loading the body and what that can do for our tissue, our muscles, and these things. Um, and I'd, I'd already kind of dabbled a little bit with kettlebells and, mm -hmm. you know, I'd played around with them or been maybe in a, like a group class with them before. And so, but I wanted something more. And again, I knew nothing about kind of working with a, uh, like a heavier weight type of thing. So mm -hmm. I, I went and I, I, I got a trainer to teach me and, and how to do back squats. And All right. Just starting out with an empty bar, you know, that seemed like a big deal at the start. Um, and then adding weight to that and getting, you know, you know, when you start loading the body to that degree, um, then technique and alignment do matter, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, you know, and so that was cool to kind of learn uh, how to align and, um, you know, squatting down and, um, you know, how to brace, you know, again, mm -hmm. the breathing was very different than what I knew from yoga, right? And how to, how to brace um, and then coming down into the squat and coming up. So um, all of that was very um, eye-opening and interesting and, and, and just a, you know, really nice experience to kind of work into that. And now I, I love it. I, I include back squats um, on, a, on a weekly basis. And all right, I, right I'm on. up to a, 105 pounds nice. that I can back squat, which feels nice. Again, it's not my main practice. It's not something I'm trying to like, you know, um, do competitively or anything. But um, but you I feel just, it has some I, carryover. It has huge carryover, and my body just feels so good from having included that yeah. in there. Um, you know, I used to have low back pain and experience that, and just the, the feeling that I, I get um, from back squats with just the, the legs and my glutes, and again, even even my back body, mm -hmm. back chain of the body um, is just incredible. And so I've just kind of kept up with that. Just okay. Not really like, you know, I'm, I'm increasing a little bit, but I'm just really just in like a maintenance kind of thing yeah. like that. And it's a cool thing to like see what I'm capable of in that regard. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of known as like the the movement guy around here, but I tell everyone too, like I mean that includes back squats. That's a movement pattern, right? It's <laughs> huge, right? It's a, a lot big of the body. compound movement pattern. Compound it's movement, right? Triple extension from the ankles, knees, and hips, mm -hmm. and then you know you're stabilizing up top with everything. You're extending yeah. your trunk. You're, I mean. Yep, and I love the the feeling of like focus that that brings, and, mm -hmm. and again, maybe because you know that's a newer thing to me, you know where maybe if you've always lifted weights it's like not such a thing but like i find that you know i'm really focused because it's yeah. like okay i have 100 pounds on my back in my shoulders mm -hmm. i do not want to tip over right <laughs> right so i feel very focused very kind of in the moment so to me that you know i think you know once upon a time i thought well only yoga is a mindful thing you know mm -hmm. i think maybe strength work and weights can sometimes get a bad rap where people in my world maybe don't venture over because mm -hmm. they think oh that's not mindful it's right. very grunty strength you get the stuff. stereotypical but, meathead yeah. type vibe from it but yeah. no super focused the awareness I, I can feel very calm after mm -hmm. you know five sets of my my back squats and so um I think it's just a matter of how you approach it yes yeah I'm, I agree with you there yeah, yeah. it's just every, nothing's right or wrong or inherently good or bad it's just what's the intention behind how are you doing it what is yeah, yeah. i'm not too into like again just reps or if you like you know bicep reps or anything yeah. like that kind of stuff just doesn't it doesn't keep me yeah. um but again like with the back squats or um deadlifts mostly just again because i know the value of deadlifts now mm -hmm. like with the hamstrings in yoga we stretch 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 the heck out of hamstrings it's all we want to do is fold and it's like oh 
we need to strengthen our hamstrings. Yeah. Like that's like a thing. <laughs> so I can even incorporate that in yoga. We just, I call it a yoga deadlift. It's literally just a half forward fold. Okay. And we don't have a, any weight. Yeah. But if you're not like loading your hamstrings or otherwise strengthening them, you're, you'll feel you it. Feel you can feel oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, I, the amount of people I get in the start, and I'll have them do something similar. We just, I just call it a forward reach, but you just sit your hips back and reach forward, like you said, it's a half, 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 or half front fold. Um, and like I'll just do that, and don't even put any weight on them, and they'll come back the next session. But dude, my legs were so sore. Yep. I'm like, wow, yeah. I mean, just, and the hip hinge, right? Giving yes, people the hip the hinge, hinge pattern right there um, is big. That's a very common one that today I see a lot of people struggle with mm -hmm. is that hip hinge pattern or just knowing where their hips are in general. So last year before everything with COVID, um, I was um, teaching yoga and movement to um, Miami University football team oh, up, nice. in, up in Oxford. Um, and um, it was very, well, it was super awesome to be able to have that experience, but to get to work with them, right? Because I mean, they are obviously powerhouses and they're moving their bodies in dynamic ways often just having to be very responsive in the moment mm -hmm. and then so to work with them you know i'd work with them like early in the week so they'd already had a game or something but um again just working in some of those fundamental functional movements right it didn't have to be super fancy mm -hmm. or like super stretchy um, just in functional ways um, and to see them respond to that um, and how good it felt for them. Like, yeah. Super cool. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and and it's cool to take people, you know, they're obviously people that have pretty significant control over their body to get yeah. to that level of sport. And so to be able to, then you can kind of push some of the boundaries of things and, and see what, well, what can the body really do when, you have, yeah. when you're working with people like that? Because these guys clearly... You know their weight wound was super impressive and like so that's kind of the world they live in mm -hmm. so this yoga movement mindfulness is a was a whole different thing for them and probably also um, interesting on the flip side to see what things they might have struggled with that you might think would come easy to them and it's like oh, okay yeah. and how specific sometimes movement can be yes. yeah. yeah and how different people can be even yeah. at that level there was still guys that were incredibly flexible yeah. And you just knew that, okay, well, that's them inherently, mm -hmm. right? Like, they're not spending their days stretching. They no, just, you they know, have that You know, ability. they have that. And then there's other guys, obviously, who, you know, were on the other end of that, who were not, you know, flexible at all. So yeah. even within that level of, of you know, athlete, um, the, the variety that was there was, you know. So with your one-on-ones, do you consider, because I know it's probably much harder to do that in the group class, but do you consider incorporating more traditional strength training into it or do you do you use a little bit heavier loads than anything or things like that yeah it depends on the person and okay. what they're what they're after right. um their goal yes. um but for some of them i have suggested um that you know we try adding some weight since there's a person i'm working with right now and um that's that's the actual case is you know let's add some weight not a lot right for for this person mm -hmm. this woman she's older um but just adding adding some weight not even so much for the weight but just also to get some feedback Fe right yes. sometimes you just need a little bit of something like so we're just working on some very basic squats right and mm -hmm. um again getting some th lower body moving um and so 
Yes. And again, you know, right, she like reached out to me, you know, in terms of yoga and feeling better in the body. And that just happens to include some strength based stuff. She actually yeah. needs more strength stuff here from what I can tell. Um, and not so much stretchy stuff. Yeah. Um, she's a pretty good mover, right? You know, like it's not always about being tight, mm-hmm. right? Like some people have fine range. Again, it's just uh, we need to kind of build some stability. Yeah. Stability, right? And then like 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 strength, usable usable strength and stability. So how much of like flexibility do you feel is? inherent to structure and genetic versus how much um, is maybe workable or doable to change, you know, by by movement and by stretching versus maybe also another factor that I always consider is like, as a person was developing, what were they doing, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I feel like a lot of times people really develop most of their skills in the younger ages because our bodies are much more pliable and they're growing mm-hmm. and they're figuring things out versus once you're fully grown, it's a little bit harder, at least in my experience, what I've seen. But like how much of that do you feel? You know, like, you know, person A you've got can go all the way ground, hands flat, touch their toes, legs straight, no problem. Person B gets halfway down the knees and is like, eh. Yeah, uh-uh. yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating how much it can vary. I think what's really key to point out that, again, I think has been kind of missed or brushed over in the yoga world anyway that I discovered was how much our nervous system is really uh, in control of everything, right? Mm. Like our nervous system is what grants us permission and access to bend over and touch our toes. Yes. Or not. Yes. Right? And so I think that's easily missed because, you know, this nervous system is not this thing that we can point to on the body, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we have a nervous system. Yeah. And so if our body does not feel safe in a thing, in a move, um, then we're not going to be, that move's not going to be readily available to us. Mm. Um, And so our flexibility, when we think about lengthening or stretching, again, this language, these terms, they mean a certain thing. And we use them, right, in just our normal day-to-day language, but they don't, they, they, a lot of times there's a little bit more behind that. And so um, it's not that we have short hamstrings, right? It's that our nervous system has determined for whatever reason, mm-hmm. that's not a good idea to, to straight leg, fold forward, and touch the floor. That's interesting. Um, and so there's more there way beyond this, you know, the realm of this conversation, but it's something to look into if you're, interested or wondering about either why you're super flexible or maybe why you're super not flexible. Yeah. And to understand what's meant when we say I'm feel tight mm-hmm. or my hamstrings are short, air quotes, short, right? Right. Um, and to maybe take a look into you know, reading up on like the nervous system and how much that plays into your flexibility. Yeah. So there's some stuff there, and I, you know, okay. there's there's some resources out there that can definitely, you know, will help you into that. I um, mean, it's one that I'm continuously going back to, and and remembering, and you know, bringing into the fold because it, um, I've realized that it, wow, okay, it does really play a, a, a much larger part than I than I realized. Yeah, I've, I've never thought of it that way for flexibility, even though. So I I tell everyone, strength is neural, right? It's the ability for my my brain to tell my muscles to recruit them in a certain movement pattern to use them. And I, there's a lot of that with strength where like, once you've lifted a weight one time, it's actually a lot easier because your body's like, oh, this is safe to do. I know I've done this. Um, 
But I, I'm, I'm surprised I never thought about that with flexibility because I, I tell everyone I see flexibility just as strength in the opposite way we perceive it, right? We're talking about, you know, strength. Everyone thinks of how can I contract this muscle, you know, to move something a certain way. Well, I'm like, well, also, how much can that muscle lengthen and, and be strong in that direction? I always, the, the rubber band example, I go, our muscles are like this. If I pull this apart and it snaps, you're not going to tell me it's not flexible. You're going to tell me it wasn't strong enough. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I wonder why I've never thought about it flexibility being that, that nervous yeah. system. Yeah, yeah that very makes much so. Very much so. Yeah, our, our you know, muscles or tissues, they don't lengthen. We don't want them to stay, you know, you know, one one size, right? right. It's the ability to change. lengthen and change and be adaptive. And so again, that's that is very much folded up into the nervous system. So I kinda will consider you, with your background you being at least more of an expert than I am on stretching. I've always had this question of like, what is the appropriate amount to stretch based on your feel? You know, so like, like I'll, I'll just use a simple one because it's easy, but like a sit and reach, right? I got my leg lengthened all the way out. I'm reaching for my toes and I start to feel the hamstring stretch. How much of that do I want to like really, because I'm always like, I'm going just to where I start to feel that edge mm-hmm. and just a little slow, but like, I don't know how much to really push that. Mm-hmm. And is it different if I'm doing it actively versus someone passively helping me? What What is your take yeah. on those type of things? Um, I, th- I mean, that's an excellent question. And I think more and more that I teach in yoga, um, the more and more I find myself saying, you know, you don't have to put too much extra cranking or mm-hmm. pulling into these things, right? Like, you know, you know, reach into you find and feel a stretch. We don't have to go too far past that, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're all gonna feel tight at our end range, mm-hmm. right? We can all get to a point where we feel like a super big, intense stretch. Yeah. I don't think we have to always be grasping for that end deep stretch, okay. right? Like, it's, it's not like, like, you know, one level of a stretch is more valuable than a, you know, a deeper stretch. Um, yeah. And so I think what yoga is, does really well is kind of letting us get a little bit more in tune with our body and noticing sensation and stretch, mm-hmm. right? And so there can be a tendency to kind of want to go to the end and get that biggest stretch, especially if we're only able to commit one or two hours a week to a practice. We want to get the most we can out of that, right? Yeah. And so we're like, we're going to the end. We want to <laughs> get it all. But, you know, there's something to be said for hanging out in that middle range. Okay. There really is. Um, it's still a stretch and there's value there. If anything, we get a little bit more um, aware and able to kind of recognize sensation when we're not always having to grasp for the real dramatic Mm. or the real super obvious. So your advice for the most part would be to, like you said, hang out in that where you you start to, you know, feel maybe the, the the discomfort, but not like it's you're yeah. straining and painfully getting to that next mm-hmm. level. When I'm teaching in a studio to a group of folks, I'll say something like, you know, if you're in this stretch and it's uh, taking your breath away or it's distracting, mm. may, may, maybe back off a little bit. Okay. Right? So if, if you've got this stretch going on that you're hanging on to and it's, you know, literally like taking your breath away, you're holding your breath, like, like maybe ease up a little. Okay. Now, do you have any 
ideas on going back to the nervous system and stretching mm -hmm. on how to help train that nervous system to allow more flexibility exposure so, okay it's like anything else okay. right with a weight you, yeah. you you mentioned that right like picking up a weight and then the next time it feels either safe or at least uh, familiar yeah um, and so it's like with anything we try we do a, we do a new thing that we've never done mm -hmm. it might feel strange or we might not understand it all but then we do it some more and you know our brain we get motor learning we get a little bit more familiar okay. we get a more comfortable and so and again it doesn't have to be like this stretch that we hold for 10 minutes yeah you know especially if it's all you're all you're getting is just one time away so if you can spend like you know a little bit of time graded exposure right a little bit of time with a with a thing with a stretch right for example just like say your hamstring right mm -hmm. and you're stretching just a little bit of exposure more and more time with that is going to kind of again expose you to that and so your nervous system will then I'm speaking like your nervous system's a person, but you get the right. idea, oh, right? Yeah. Like, okay, all right, this is a safe place to be. Yeah. I can hang out here. And then so you find that you're granted a little more access into the thing you're doing. Okay. So how much uh, static versus dynamic stretching and how much active versus like passive with someone assisting you do you kind of work with yeah I'm assuming you probably do a little bit of everything but I do I do you know in group classes the emphasis oftentimes with yoga is you know these these passive stretches passive meaning we're not really using our muscles mm -hmm. to make the move happen we might be relying on gravity or the floor yeah to make the stretch happen so it's very passive um, and so sure that's a it's that's not a bad thing um, Again, this kind of dichotomy of good, bad, right? Like, right. like passive stretching is is lovely for the nervous system. It's a it's a calming thing. It's a regulating thing, right? To to stretch. It's why usually after yoga, people say they feel good. Yeah. It's because they've spent some time passively stretching their bodies. So that's 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 a great thing, right? Especially if you're looking for the stress relief or just the calmness, then passively stretch. Uh, but again, if you're doing a whole lot of yoga. And that's all you're doing is passively stretching. And that's where, I, in a class, I like to include some active stretching, okay. which means you're using your body, you're using your muscle at a lengthened position, right? right? Yeah. It's the difference between holding on to my foot and stretching my leg out passively versus taking my leg and letting my leg put my leg into a position. Yeah using muscle versus not. Using that reciprocal relationship between the muscle. Mm -hmm. If I'm mm -hmm. stretching out my bicep by lengthening my arm, my tricep is contracting to lengthen my bicep all the way, and, yeah. and then vice versa, I'm gonna contract and then stretch out the other end. Again, that's just a base example. We use one joint for the moment, but yeah, teaching that relationship on how they work together. They a work bit. together, right? I see that kind of at the gym where folks don't move themselves to their full range. So either their push-ups or their pull-ups are very short, mm -hmm. and they're just right here in this. Yeah. And then, and then they wonder why they can't take their arm overhead straight, right? Like it's like, oh man, if you could just hang at the bottom of that for a second, like that would be this gold. Like there's, like that's your, you know, use use your range. Mm -hmm. Use your range. <laughs> But um, so then what about, um, so passive and active, what about static versus dynamic? How much of that, and what's kind of your take on those two things? 
I think I use, you know, I, I think within the work I do, I'm, it's just the nature of it with it still, you know, especially in a studio, right? I think I'm, I'm mostly kind of working between just the, the passive or the active. Okay. A little bit of dynamic. If, if I teach, I'll do some workshops or I'll have a special class where it's like, okay, you know, it's not necessarily called yoga. Then I can get into some of the dynamic mm -hmm. stuff, right? Which ends up being more just kind of mobility. Right, yeah. Mobility well, worked, right? Yeah, dynamic um, flexibility, mobility are pretty yeah, similar. You've got these terms and they do, they mean different things and sometimes we use them interchangeably even if <laughs> even if that's not what they mean but yeah um but for the most part with a with yoga at a studio it's it's there's going to be plenty of obvious passive and then i sneak in the active stuff where i can okay um individually obviously there's a little bit more room to 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 create and yeah. dynamic stuff or in a special workshop situation um so what is your your uh, week in activity look like typically my as far as what you do to stay like I, I don't like the term workout as much but because yeah. you know we play and we do all the other stuff mm -hmm. but just to stay active what is your weekly like incorporating so you said you you try to incorporate back squats or some kind of strength yeah. training once a I'm week definitely uh, with right now and with you know the pandemic it's, it's right. hard because I don't have a weight rack at home okay <laughs> that in, everybody's sold out so you know I still um, let's say it wasn't during this let's say right what, yeah. if you had access to all the things you could have access yeah, to I, what um, would it look like I definitely well at the bare minimum you know I'm lifting weight or I'm loading my body doing those back squats at least once a week okay for sure yeah um, and then I, I just the nature of my work I'm already um, I spend time in the studio before I'm with the before or after a class or client, and so I'm working into um, you know body weight flow. I'll do a lot of body weight flow mm -hmm. uh, floor work of my own, and that includes mobility stuff. Um, and so with that, and in the nice weather, I like to run. I'll jog. All right. Um, I've done some marathons. I don't. Oh, I don't, nice. I don't really do those much anymore, but yeah. just more for leisure and for just kind of the. Um, the cardio work of it and just being outside it's just nice to be outside right so oh, yeah. I'll do some running um, mm -hmm. all right what about um, so like other other health practices you keep up with what do you do you include any like nutrition work in the stuff that you do with people I do not okay which is funny because I have a degree in nutrition oh really and I worked in clinical nutrition for oh, okay some time. wow but <laughs> I do not currently do any um, kind of nutrition work yeah. with, with clients that's not my it's not part of my practice or what I do. Um, I leave that to, and, and you know, it's just not my, my focus and, and truly like, uh, I don't know, my calling is really with, with movement and, okay. and getting people moving well. Yeah. So. What about your, your personal life then, if you don't mind sharing? Just, I like to ask people, just for other people listening, because you're clearly yeah. a, a health conscious person, so I like to know what, what your approaches to things are. Um, oh, I, I, I eat mostly a plant-based diet. Okay, right mostly. I, I'm not vegan, but I, I eat mostly a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. And um, But I don't get too hung up, honestly, on, on food or, or diet at all, right? Like, yeah. I eat what I want. Yeah. And I, I try to be mindful of, of it being healthy, but I eat chocolate. Right. And I enjoy food, and I... You find the balance. I would hope that folks could enjoy food. Yes. Right. Awesome. What yeah. about um, any other like health practices or things that you consider as part of 
as part of like just like overall well-being that yeah. you participate Well, you in. know, with yoga, obviously the mindfulness thing that I've brought up and just yeah. um, with like meditation and that sort of thing. Do you meditate right? separately or is it pretty much through your, your movement? Both. Okay. I think there's an element of meditation in movement um, mm -hmm. and then in separately, right, where it doesn't necessarily involve a, a movement practice, but just being still. Which yeah. right now we're cooped up and we're in our home, and so I really am seeing the value in getting people moving right, right before we can calm down and be still. But there's definitely something to be said for being still. Absolutely. As a practice. Yeah. After all the movement gets to happen. Um, trying to think if there's any like other. Like I saw, I, I tell everyone like I I I I like to ask these because I do kind of different things. Like I mm -hmm. do grounding, like with my bare feet and stuff like that. Or I'm big on getting outside, get the sun exposure. So one of the things I always do is I I'll take a picture of me barefoot in the grass with the sun. I was like, I'm getting my vitamins. Like that's yeah. that's where I'm getting my vitamins from. Things like that. Totally. So I didn't know if there's other things like that that you recommend people get into. Um, no, I think barefoot is huge, <laughs> right? I try to be barefoot too as much as possible. Um, obviously not maybe in the Ohio winters that we have, but yeah, like yeah. inside anytime, like if you can be barefoot and just expose your feet to a variety of um, surfaces. Yeah, right? textures and things. Um, it's even fun to like, you could use blankets or pillows or I have yoga blocks obviously, right? But like setting them up like a little path and then like walking, you know, especially inside with this weather now that it's going into the cold, you know, a little bit kind of, you know, setting up a little space inside that you're drawn to that you can move and explore within. Yeah. Even if that means just placing five blankets or pillows down and then walking from blanket to blanket. And I like to try to make little playgrounds. Nice. Within the spaces. <laughs> just like just like making the fort as a kid. Well, same thing. That's it. You get to play around with it's, it. It's good stuff. It is. Stuff. It really is. Um, so what's, what's like... Uh, What's like the next step or where are you right now in, in your journey with this? What kind of things are you mm -hmm. looking toward or what direction more are you moving toward, if anything? Yeah. Well, um, I think what I'm working on right now is, for 21 especially, is um, putting together teacher training and working to um, train other teachers, mm. other yoga teachers, I think specifically, because... Yeah. Um, and maybe in like, unless you really come from a big movement background and um, you might not have been exposed to uh, other realms of movement. And I think understanding movement beyond yoga and just the technique of yoga movement, asana. Yeah. We can understand movement in a broader context. It makes it much easier to bring it in. Okay. And it keeps it interesting and it keeps it useful and it allows teachers to truly help people that they're teaching a yoga class to. So I'm working on putting together trainings um, and workshops for other fellow teachers because I would have loved to have had this kind of information and this exposure to these things that we talked about here today. Yeah. I would have loved to have had that much sooner on, right? Because it's just been, it's been such a kind of a, a shift, right? That's made such a huge difference in in my own body and then in my teaching and you know profession and then um and for others as well that you know get to kind of be exposed to this type of stuff so um i'm i really like work i love talking and working with people who are curious and interested in movement yeah. and so um 
And I, I see a space for it. I don't see a whole lot of it happening here locally in Cincinnati. And it's out there, but like really kind of bringing this together and like kind of like sifting things out so it's digestible and understandable mm -hmm. and not so heady, which sometimes you read books or you, you know, kind of try to figure these things out. And then it's like, well, how do you put it to work in a like day to day in a class? Like yeah. how's, what does this look like? How do I put this together? How do I sequence this? How do I make this easy for me to teach and easy for other people to get and understand. Yeah, we, we get very theory heavy and yeah. all this information, but we kind of lack in our practice sometimes. Right. And the practicality of it and, and how does the, that look? The intuitiveness of how things kind of really are going to work versus how it sounds like it's going to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a little bit of a disconnect. So, so I love thinking about that and sorting it out. Um, so I do a little bit, it's not my main thing at all, but I do do a little bit of mentoring for, other, for teachers okay. to kind of help sort some of those things out yeah because it's a lot you know you go into a, a 60 minute yoga class and you you know you're supposed to guide people through a physical moving practice also remind them to breathe and then also kind of create and hold this space that feels mindful and present you know mm -hmm. there's a lot going on there and so now is there anything that you are looking at or have looked at that you would like to maybe like or that you thought about incorporating in your practice that you haven't yet or the things that you're kind of experimenting with that maybe you don't necessarily use with your people but that you've been trying out yourself yeah so i'm interested in and, I'm, and it's great with one thing right about all this is so many online opportunities now right yeah but working with um the mace yeah, Mason Clubs. And uh, like the Indian Indian Clubs. Club. I got a couple right? sets back there and a couple Mason's so, back there. Um, I, I'm digging that. I'm, I want to try that out. And I'm just looking at purchasing my first, uh, yeah, my first one. Because um, I, I love that because it's kind of fluid and there's a movement. It's dynamic, mm -hmm. right? But it's also this external weight. It's that extra like, load, that extra I don't feedback. know. You know, that it's totally, again, it's, it would be a new thing. But um I think it's something for this winter that I'm gonna like delve into and yeah. explore and see how that goes. That's awesome. Yeah, I love. I'm I'm big on the. I'm not as well like versed in all the techniques, but I use a lot of mace work and a lot of club work. And I've I made I made my own traditional Indian swinging gata out of concrete and a shovel handle and everything. I got real into that for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big believer in that because it. That's one where, especially, I use a lot for athletes because it teaches you how to control momentum more than just movement, right? Because the weight's already going some way and you either got to fight it <laughs> or learn to go with it, right? Yes. Some, sometimes it's about changing the direction of it because that's what you need. Sometimes it's about letting it take you in this direction. Yes. And it's learning how to move with that external. It's, now you're not the only one in control. There's a relationship that you're building and, and you have to learn when to give, when to take. And yes. it's, it's, I, I really like it's those It's fascinating modalities. and very interesting, right? Yeah, like, and I love movements that are focused around that sort of thing. So yeah, and it takes it, the whole body to do. Yeah. Yeah. Being responsive, making decisions around a move or not, you know, like I said. Like, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 that's cool that you're really getting that stuff. I think, you, I think you'll, from what right. you've told me, I think you'll get a lot out yeah. of it and that you'll enjoy learning about and it. And even moves like that or movement practices that seem totally... Uh, different and separate from yoga, you can actually glean quite a thing. You know, like it's 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 a, it's very interesting the things you can learn. That's something that seems totally unrelated. Yeah. And then find that 
actually it does apply. That you can do it. Yeah, my, my buddy Drake, he's the one I share this office with, and he always jokes that I'm going to pick up a random, he's like, you'll just pick up that chair and swing it, because I'll do that, like I'll mm -hmm. go out the, the other week, I took someone, brought in a strongman log, a log press, which you made to do, and I did that, and that was fun, but I was like, let me see, I'm going to I'm gonna try and rotate and throw this over my head and do it this way, and I, I found that there were a couple good exercises, like this is actually a really good tool to teach this rotational move it or this pivot with and controlling the momentum of this weight and it's not at all what that was necessarily made for. Yep. But like I'll do it with dumbbells, with kettlebells, other things like that. Mm -hmm. And I, But a, a lot of those movements I did learn from that uh, mason club swinging techniques and it's, there's yeah. a lot there that I like. Even just like lifting a weight over your head, right? Like talking about yoga people or people that might be just being introduced to, to weights, right? It's just, mm -hmm. just holding a weight over your head, right? Straightening your arm overhead. Is like a is like a big deal and a thing for someone who is not otherwise lifting, you know, five pounds, fifteen pounds over their right. head, right? So, and then usually we would probably be doing that standing, and then it's a whole other thing is you just sit down on the ground and I'm then take away it. It's like totally different, and it's so cool. I like actually exploring lifting a weight overhead from from the ground, from yeah, sitting, absolutely. or like lo a long seat, which is long, just your legs out. L, right? L sit, we yeah. call it. Yeah, right. Like it's. Fascinating how different it is. Now, I do have to ask you, since you are yoga, I, I'm curious, I've never asked, what's your opinion on the, on the hot yoga, since that's the, the popular thing lately, <laughs> versus the traditional? Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, I know, right? Like, just 12 <laughs> years ago, there was no hot yoga around here. Um, but, you know, I think <laughs> you either love it or you hate it, right? There mm -hmm. are people that really love the hot yoga, especially I found, like, kind of the... Kind of t people that are a little bit more intense or type A, maybe they have high stress jobs. Yeah, they really, you know, folks like that tend to take to the hot yoga because it's it's that it's that intensity, it's that environment of heat and humidity that really allows them to land in their body and yeah. to to focus, land in their body. But I also I hear people say it allows them to get out of their head, which yeah. is just kind of the same thing, right? right. Like. So that heat, I know folks that just love that and, and really, you know, want that environment for their yoga experience. And that, so I'm not one to judge that, right? Like mm -hmm. we all have our reasonings uh, or things that work or don't work. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I teach in hot studios. Okay. I have taught in hot studios. And I teach in studios that are just room temperature, just normal, yeah. right? Like any other thing. Uh, and so some people love it. Some people hate it. And, you know, that's fine. If it works, great. And if not, then that's fine. There's just normal temperature studios. Yeah. Um, Does the practice change for you at all based on the different environments? Well, I mean, I maybe teach a little different okay. in, the, in the heat because in the winter, I think it's, it's really lovely, uh, especially around here, right, because it's so cold and dry. There's the air so dry. There's no humidity. So, you know, February... You know, you go into a heated studio, you've got that moisture and the heat. It really feels nice. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but I might teach a little different, just maybe the intensity, um, you know, because you do, you get hot much sooner, quicker, right. or right ever. Or, um, so maybe things feel a little bit more strenuous. Mm -hmm. So you may, I don't maybe have to do things as hard or, or something, you know, being, okay. like being in the heat. Versus if it's winter and you're in a normal room, you know, you might want to move sooner and quicker to build Warm a little warmth up. into that. So, yeah. 
That makes sense. I was just curious because I've I've done a lot of hot and done a lot of traditional. I like both. I'm mm -hmm. a I like I love sitting in the sauna. So hot mm -hmm. yoga is almost perfect for me because it's two birds. It's like I'm getting that heat work in, but I'm also getting some mobility or stretching or some mm -hmm. kind of exercise in. So I've liked that, but I like the traditional too. I just I notice same thing as we talked about at the beginning. Sometimes it gets campy. It gets like totally. It gets one side doesn't like the other side's right. thing, and I'm like, why? Like I feel yep. like they both kind of can work depending on. Yep, it's just a matter of preference. Again, <laughs> it's just we get caught up in those human things we do, right? Like good, bad, right, wrong. Yeah. Um, they're they're just it's a particular type of practice. <laughs> well, Trisha, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me today and and give us an insight to your practice and yeah. what you, kind of your beliefs and. Uh, movement and their expertise in movement as well. Is there anything that you would like to leave us with? Anything that you feel we made or not covered that you kind of want to talk about before? Um, hmm. I think just that, you know, in the end, just moving well mm -hmm. and moving daily. It doesn't have to be a 60 minute session that's carved out and takes place in a, you know, specific gym or studio. Um, Movement can happen anywhere. Five minutes while you're waiting on your coffee to brew. Um, movement snacks, right? These little yeah. little bits of movement. I'm all about that. We do that more frequently. Again, moving well, moving often. All right. And then um, why don't you tell people where they can find you on any social media yeah. websites or how to get a hold of you? I am out there. I'm pretty easy to find, I think, online at this point. But um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my name, I think I think my handle might be like O Trisha, right? Yeah. Like O H, and then my name, which it's T R I S H A, uh, on Instagram, and I, I'm a very frequent um, poster on Instagram, and it's all about movement. And then you can find me on my website, which is just Trisha.yoga. Um, Google Google has me in there. You can search and find me. All right. And folks, you know where to find me. Adaptive training principles. I'm pretty much all internet avenues. Thank you for listening today and have a good one.